temelji se vekin jasidelce maju Pojeka bez zadunaj tam djevčanu znaju A ja sede viša, dež moja Maruša 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 Teži da ju dodunaju na hrbočku hata Stara baba, stari didati kako vata A ja sede viša, dež moja Maruša 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 Edmonton, that was Magrena from their CD called Beauty is Not Contagious, and that was a story all about Marusia. Dobri večer, dorehi radio suhačita vitaju vas vsih na radio peredaču naš holos radio Krinskoho Korinja na Bahtomovni radio stanci AM 1320 Hello there and welcome once again to Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. Or if you're tuning in for the first time, Vitayu, welcome and uh, hope you enjoy the show. We're coming to you, as usual, here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver and in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. I'm your host, Paula demchuk mccory Pokrinska Pavlina. Thank you so much for joining me. We've got a great program for you. Uh, we've got, we're going to be digging into the audio archives for a book review that if you haven't read it, um, or if you've been meaning to and forgot about it, uh, this is a little reminder. It is all about the Red Prince. As well, we've got Ukrainian Jewish heritage and a tribute in memory of Moise Fishbane. As well, our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music. And coming up next, a Saskatchewan-based group, Tuti Tam, with Techa Voda, Quiet Waters. Mm-hmm. 
Бескиді. Давно-давно я не була з милим на Бескиді. Рада бия, рада бия, ту води тюпити. Рада бия, рада бия, з милим говори.
Thanks to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Shevchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for over 50 years. Since 1963, the Shevchenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing arts and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media, including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Hollis listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit ShochenkoFoundation.com. Every day, more Ukrainian soldiers are killed or wounded by Russian invaders. You can help wounded heroes by joining the Adopt-A-Soldier program of registered charity Ukraine War Amps. A small monthly donation goes very far for medical services and living expenses and creates a special bond between you and a wounded hero. 100% of your contribution goes to the soldier. Please, adopt a soldier today. Visit ukrainewaramps.ca or find us on Facebook. Si 
A Montreal group called Murmurosi with a song called Tepolka. And uh, this is a new group uh, to us, anyways. Um, they haven't been on the scene that long either. Uh, you can find out a lot more about them in an interview that Oksana did with them on our Nanaimo edition. If you haven't uh, heard it, just check out our podcast feed and uh, listen to the give a listen to the interview. You can also find them on um, Facebook, on Bandcamp, all the places that you can find music, new music nowadays. And of course, in the show notes, we'll have a link to their website as well. They've just put out this album called Bohutin. They sing, as you could tell, in mostly Billy Hollis and that is a pretty popular um, musical form these days, uh, ancient singing style that has become very popular. And in fact, uh, this year's entry into the Eurovision contest, which unfortunately was cancelled due to the COVID lockdown. But of course, uh, things happened online a lot during that time, and uh, we were able to get a sneak preview of Ukraine's entry into the 2020 Eurovision contest before it was cancelled. Here it is now. The group is called Go A, and the song is Solovey. Ой, ходила я в долину по червоною калину, ой, ходила 
Welcome to Knishka Corner, book reviews by Myra Junik, Ukrainian stories in English. In this edition of Knishka Corner, we will be discussing Timothy Snyder's The Red Prince, The Secret Lives of a Habsburg Archduke. Who can resist a romantic Habsburg hero who openly embraces the cause of Ukrainian nationalism in the early 20th century. Wilhelm von Habsburg was such a man. Although he died in obscurity in a Russian prison in 1948, Wilhelm made the creation of a Ukrainian nation the cause of his life. As the son of Archduke Stefan and Archduchess Maria Theresia, Wilhelm led a very privileged life along with his five brothers and sisters. At the time, their family still ruled the Habsburg monarchy, Europe's proudest and oldest realm, stretching from the mountains of Ukraine in the north to the warm water of the Adriatic Sea in the south. Wilhelm's parents had castles on a peninsula called Istria on the Adriatic Sea and in Poland. His father believed that Poland would eventually become a separate entity and would need a Habsburg king. He hoped to be that king. During his time at military school in Moravia, Wilhelm became interested in the idea of a Ukrainian state. Perhaps he could eventually rule Ukraine for the Habsburg monarchy. In 1914, Crown Prince Franz Ferdinand, the Habsburg heir, was assassinated in Sarajevo. World War I followed. Service during wartime was the destiny of Habsburg archdukes. In June 1915, Wilhelm received command of a platoon in a mostly Ukrainian regiment. He soon became one of them by speaking Ukrainian wearing an embroidered shirt under his uniform, and calling himself Vasil. His soldiers nicknamed him the Red Prince because of his support of the Ukrainian peasantry. Eventually, Wilhelm became the diplomatic representative of the Habsburgs in Ukraine. He met several prominent Ukrainians, including Metropolitan Andriy Sheptitsky and Hetman Skoropatsky. At the end of the war, the empire had fallen apart, and the Habsburgs had to give up power. Wilhelm's dream of a Ukrainian nation did not survive. After World War I, Wilhelm was at loose ends. His resources were slim after the fall of the Habsburgs, so he was constantly searching for new sources of income. He promoted various unsuccessful schemes such as making Ukraine a promised land for European Jews. He left Vienna for Spain to visit his Habsburg relative, King Alfonso. He later moved to Paris, where he continued to promote the Ukrainian cause and live a playboy lifestyle, characterized by excessive drinking, homosexuality, and reckless spending. Forced to flee Paris for Vienna after a conviction for fraud in 1935, Wilhelm watched the rise of Hitler and the Nazi party. How would Wilhelm adapt to this new reality? 
Timothy Snyder weaves in wonderful anecdotes about the Habsburg dynasty into his comprehensive examination of the life of the Red Prince. He does not shy away from the controversial aspects of Wilhelm's life, his homosexuality, his drinking, his scheming, and his short-lived anti-Semitism during the early days of Hitler. Readers will be surprised by Wilhelm's role as a promoter of the Ukrainian nation at a time when such a concept was considered remote at best. It is truly fitting that Snyder concludes his book with an examination of the independent Ukraine, which Wilhelm helped to build. It should also be noted that this book was written in 2008. Snyder's praise of Ukraine is ironic. Simply by existing for almost two decades within unchanged boundaries, Ukraine has already proven more durable than most of its predecessors. Who could have imagined that Ukraine's territory of Crimea would be invaded in 2014 by Russia? Timothy Snyder received his doctorate from the University of Oxford in 1997. Before joining the Department of History at Yale in 2001, he studied in Paris, Vienna, and Warsaw. Snyder has written articles for the New York Review of Books, The Nation, The New York Times, and the International Herald Tribune. His award-winning books include Bloodlands, Europe Between Hitler and Stalin, Ukrainian History, Russian Politics, European Futures, and Black Earth, The Holocaust as History and Warning. In 2015, Snyder received the Andrew Carnegie Fellowship as well as the Havel Foundation Prize. He is a member of the Committee on Conscience of the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum as well as the Advisory Council of the YIVO Institute for Jewish Research. The Red Prince is available at Chapters Indigo and Amazon. Thanks, Myra. Join us again soon for another edition of Kanishka Corner, book reviews by Myra Junik, here on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. Son 
srdce jak šťastia nestalo, liečia z očej mojich Taký srdce dalo, taký srdce dalo. Montreal group for you there that was Privit and uh, they've been around quite a while though and that is a song called Priduch Shedni Le Jurber which translates as there will be more days for sorrow and that is a sneak preview of some music that uh, Privit is working on for their third album release hopefully sometime in the near future uh, the lockdown has um place a damper on that project as it has for so many others but uh, hopefully we'll be getting the whole album and uh, having a chat with the um, group and find out what they've been up to and uh, a little bit about their new release again that was Privit with Predut Shedni Le Jurber This is CHMB AM 1320 Vancouver And now for a look at Ukraine's rich Jewish heritage, then and now. Brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, based in Toronto, Ontario. Recently, Jews and Ukrainians alike lost a great advocate for social unity and harmony. On May 26, 2020, distinguished Ukrainian poet and translator Moise Fishbane died in Kiev. He was 73. Fishbane was a prominent Ukrainian writer and translator of Jewish origin. 
He was a member of the Union of Writers of Ukraine and the Ukrainian Pen Club. He was awarded the Order of Prince Yaroslav the Wise and the Vassal Stus Prize for distinguished contributions to culture and for a courageous civic stand. Fishbane was friends with many distinguished Ukrainian cultural figures, as well as prominent Ukrainian Jewish scholars, who recall with great fondness and reverence his extraordinary personality and poetic creativity. Well-known Israeli translator Viktor Radutsky, author of a detailed entry about Fishbane in a prominent Jewish encyclopedia, said of him, There is no poet of his caliber in Ukraine, nor will there be for a long time to come. Moise Abramovich Fishbane was born in 1946 in Chernivtsi, a city with an unusual mix of cultures, German, Ukrainian, Jewish, Romanian, Polish, and Russian. Its strong, confident, and well-rooted Jewish population goes back centuries. And rather than becoming Russified, the Jews of Chernivtsi became Ukrainianized. This phenomenon had a significant and lasting impact on the future poet's life and philosophy. While his poetry was influenced by the Jewish experience, Fishbane lived with considerable ease in both the Ukrainian and Jewish worlds. He had a natural ability to fuse the two identities and patriotisms. His life's work illustrated his depth of understanding of the tragic events of World War II, the Holocaust, and the Ukrainian fight against tyranny from East and West. While he did not ignore the reality of anti-Semitism in Ukraine, neither did he consider it worse than anywhere else in the world. He preferred to focus on what united the Jewish and Ukrainian people. He was shrewd in spotting outside attempts at creating discord and division between Ukrainians and Jews. Fishbane had a profound respect and deep love for the Ukrainian language and culture. He wrote in Ukrainian, whether he was living in Kiev or Israel. Ukrainian-Jewish author and scholar Yohannan Petrovsky Stern observed that Fishbane borrowed the concept of the sanctity of the holy tongue from Judaic religious tradition, transformed it into the sanctity of the Ukrainian language, and placed it at the gravitational center of his Jewish-Ukrainian symbolism. Fishbane did not consider himself merely a Ukrainian language poet. He said that God made him what he was, a Ukrainian poet. And a Ukrainian poet was what he would always be. He regarded this calling to champion Ukraine a mysterious divine gift. He said, Ukraine is God-given and God-chosen, and it will survive, for God wants it to survive. I do not know why I, a Jew, was given this knowledge, but I know. As generally happens in the world of art, adversity often births creativity. In Fishbane's case, the difficult conditions of his military service forged his. After being drafted into the Soviet army, he was sent to Siberia. It was during that grim time that Fishbane began writing poetry. His early works were noted, supported, and promoted by the famous Ukrainian author Mykola Bajan. Fishbane's first publication was a selection of poems that appeared in the Ukrainian literary journal Vichizna in December of 1970. 
1976, at the age of 30, Moise Fishbane graduated from the Kiev Pedagogical Institute as a philologist specializing in Ukrainian language and literature. In 1979, to avoid conscription into the KGB, he emigrated to Israel. A few years later, he found work in West Germany. From 1980 to 81, he was a correspondent for a Ukrainian literary journal published in the U.S. and Germany. From 1982 to 1995, he worked at Radio Liberty as a correspondent, commentator, and editor in the Ukrainian service as well as the Russian service. Meanwhile, Fishbane was becoming one of the main figures of contemporary Ukrainian poetry. His articles, interviews, and prose began appearing in Ukraine in 1989. In 1990, the Kiev-based publishing house Veselka issued a Ukrainian-language collection of his children's poems. Parallel translations into Hebrew were done by Israeli poet and translator Manfred Winkler. In 1996, Fishbane's collection, Apocryph, was published in Kiev. It featured poems, translations of poetry, prose, and poems for children. The Ukrainian philosopher and scholar Ivan Zuba called this book Marvelous and Unique, a publication that will undoubtedly be included in the golden treasury of Ukrainian poetry. In the 1990s, Fishbane became very popular in his hometown of Chernitsi, which was proud of its contributions to European literature. Petro Rechlo, a translator and scholar of German literature in Chernitsi, called Fishbane a masterful stylist and a poet of very high rank. In the early 2000s, Fishbane's popularity grew, not least of all because of his almost messianic stance on Ukrainian national revival. He was also noted for his sharp political wit. Ukrainian news agencies often quoted his cleverly worded criticisms of the political regime. In 2004, Fishbane made inroads into a new medium. Members of a popular online journal discussion group competed for the best translation of Fishbane's poetry into Russian and English. Online sources described him in glowing terms. Entries about him appeared in Western encyclopedias. In Ukraine, he was the subject of a Master of Arts thesis. That same year, 2004, presidential candidate Viktor Yushchenko brought Fishbane along on the campaign trail across Ukraine to promote a program of national revival. Professor Wolf Moscovich noted that Moise Fishbane was a person with a good heart who helped people. He also noted that, many years before the Maidan, Fishbane was a premier political Ukrainian of Jewish background. In 1990, with Fishbane's help, Israel became the first country in the world to accept Ukrainian children affected by the Chernobyl disaster. Moskowitz recalls two personal encounters with Moise Fishbane. The first time was around 1992-93 in Kharkiv, at a poetry reading at a local Jewish cultural society. At that time, he was astonished to hear this Ukrainian-speaking Jewish poet in Kharkiv, then a Russian-speaking city. The second time was in 2008 or 2009, when he was an Israeli journalist writing about Israeli-Ukrainian bilateral relations. Fishbane sent him a photograph of a handwritten Hebrew prayer for the health and well-being of President Viktor Yushchenko. 
It had been written in a cave synagogue at Fishbane's special request. Vadim Skurativsky, author of a number of important publications on Jewish issues, noted Fishbane's successful fusion of identities and praised his perfect Ukrainian acoustics. He said, In the poetry of Moise Fishbane, Judaism speaks, for the first time in its history, in Ukrainian. Nonetheless, simultaneous membership in these two worlds, the Ukrainian and the Jewish, and a sense of the intertwinement of both these worlds, did not come easily to Moise Fishbane, nor did they always bring him spiritual peace. In Victor Radutsky's opinion, Fishbane's poems recreate the drama of the poet's spiritual tension, which combines boundless passion for Ukraine's existence with the genetic code, the memory of the Jew's fate. One of Moise Fishbane's last poems, written in 2017, references the synthesis of two civilizations. You can read an excellent article about Moise Fishbane's life and work at the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter website. As well, there's a post from 2008 about Moise Fishbane on the Nash Holos blog. I'm Pavlina, producer and host of Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio. Until next time, Shalom. Ukrainian Jewish Heritage is brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, based in Toronto, Ontario. To find out more about their work, visit their website and follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Transcripts and audio files of this and earlier broadcasts of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage are available at their website, ukrainianjewishencounter.org, as well as at the Nasholos website, www.nasholos.com.
And that was the Pushkin Klezmer Band with Gypsy Stomp and Saratsky Remix. Now, since I'm a big fan of Klezmer music, we're going to have one more Klezmer tune. And this is by Yale Strom. And uh, he is a famous Klezmer artist from New York. And he did a biography of the king of Klezmer, Dave Taras, who has very distinct Ukrainian roots, and I uh, can hear his story again. Uh, we did a feature on Ukrainian Jewish heritage about Dave Taras back in August of 2018. Here is Yale Strom now with Svalava Kozachok.
La 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 
Ukrainian girl group called Lubistok with Verkhovena. And before them was Dunai from Toronto with Zadunayim, Beyond the Danube. You've been listening to Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio, our flagship show in Vancouver here on AM 1320 CHMB and in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. In between broadcasts, please visit us online at www.nasholos.com where you'll find transcripts and archived audio files, a link to the Nasholos podcast and information about the show, as well a link to our Patreon site where you can support our work. And again, that's www.nasholos.com. На жаль, ми всички скинчили нашу програму, вже час додому і сказати до побачення, але перед тим я хочу залишити до вас такими словами мудрості. Кожен день робить нас усіх старшими. And our proverb of the week translates as every day makes all of us older. And with that, we've come to the end of our program. So to wrap things up, uh, we've got Shum from Winnipeg, which you will need your dancing boots for. He'll be wrapping things up with a kolomeka. I'm Pavlina. On behalf of all of us here at Nosh Holos and AM 1320, thanks for listening and Dobranich. <laughs>
Hi, I hope you enjoyed this edition of the show. If you're not yet a Patreon supporter of Nosh Holos, I hope you'll consider becoming one today, with the digital equivalent of a cup of coffee once or twice a month, or maybe even a snack or a meal. There's an option for every budget. Just go to www.noshholos.com and click on the orange Patreon button on any page there. Thank you for listening and for your support. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.